Well, hey there, friends. Welcome to episode 24 of the Still Becoming podcast. Today, I am welcoming a dear friend to the show. Her name is Mandy Hood, and she's the co-founder of The Connection in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Now, The Connection is a very unique women's ministry. It's community-based, and I've watched this ministry up close and personal grow from a dream, a vision, a kind of scary call from God. And I've watched these women, Mandy and her team, step way out of their comfort zone and serve the women in their community and beyond. And now they've written a book called Let's Get Together, the story of a unique women's ministry. And I can't wait for you to hear the loaves and fishes story that Mandy's going to share with us today. So let's get going on episode 24. I can't wait for you to meet Mandy. Hi there, friends. Welcome to the Still Becoming Podcast, a place where women like you and me find help to move from where you are to where you want to be. I'm your host, Laura Acuna. The Still Becoming Podcast is where we gather to rethink our thinking about ourselves, our lives, and about our God. We will learn to reframe our shame and trade in limiting beliefs for the liberating truth from God's Word. And why the title Still Becoming? Because that's the Christian journey, isn't it? As we apply God's perfect word to our lives for growth and change, we are always growing, always learning, and still becoming the women He created us to be. It's never perfect, and it's not too late. Do I need to say that again? It is never perfect, and it is not too late. I am so glad you're here for the journey, and I'm praying that God will speak directly to you through today's episode. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome, Mandy. I'm so glad to have you on the Still Becoming podcast. Thanks for having me, Laura. It's exciting. It is exciting. (laughs) It's exciting. Mandy and I, as I said in the intro, have been friends for a long time. And so I know a lot about you, but my audience doesn't. So before we start talking about all the things, why don't you share with us a little bit about you? Well, I've been married to high school sweetheart. We got together when we were 16 and um, we've been married for 43 years. Two children later and three grandchildren. It's just been wonderful. (laughs) And you're enjoying retirement with your husband now. Yes. My husband is retired almost two years now and I'm, I guess, semi-retired, we'll call it. I'm busy with the ministry, but trying to make more and more time. We like to travel and do things like that. And time with our family, our grandchildren. And we have uh, we have three grandsons. They're all teenagers now, 14, 16, and 19. We have a tradition in our family. We started when they were little that we take them away for a few days every summer. We call it Graham Camp. <laughs> we have very few rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're the king and queen of yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, actually, I actually told one of the boys no one time. They, he wanted, I don't know, junk food. And I said no. And they just stared at me like, Grand doesn't <laughs> say no. So mostly they, oh, get, they get pretty much what they want as long as it's safe and <laughs> right legal. So uh, <laughs> we, we, we take them away for a few days and we go camping and it's all about them. And we have a great time. Spend a time with them and without any distraction. Well, that's lovely. That really is. Our granddaughter's only two, so we have a long way to go. But I look <laughs> forward to watching her grow and to become friends like you are with your grandson. Yeah. Really lovely. Really, it's truly great. lovely. All right. Well, you've come out with a new book, 
called Let's Get Together, the story of a unique women's ministry. And unique it is. It is <laughs> unique and amazing yeah. and wonderful. And I'm so excited for you to tell my audience all about what God has done with your yes. We just had Jen Hand on a couple of weeks ago and her book is My Yes is on the Table. And we talked about that. And you literally put your yes on the table and God ran with it. So why don't you start us with, wait, you know what? First, I want to ask you, this is really important. And we talked about this before we came on. So let me go back just a minute. Tell us about the ministry and the work that you did before you said yes to God in this way, because it's important that we know that. And and audience, I'll explain to you why in a minute. Yeah. So for 24 years, I was an administrative assistant in an office. That job entails just a little bit of everything. I did some marketing and some layout and design for, um, it was a real estate company. So I was doing the magazine ads, which I don't know if they even do magazine ads anymore. Probably not. So I, I was trained to do all that sort of thing back when DOS was the thing. I was learning how to use design software on an Apple before Apples were cool. <laughs> so uh, several years into that, be 10, 12, 15 years, I don't know, in, into my career there, I started feeling like God had something else for me, something completely different. I had no clue what it was. And I just kind of kept my eyes open and kept praying and show me what it is. And I just kept waiting and wondering and um, went along for quite a while, started having the desire to study leadership and read books and do webinars and that sort of thing on leadership. Didn't, didn't know why. I just kept doing it and just eating it up like it was reading a fiction novel. I would just <laughs> like read through all this stuff. The time went on. I kept asking God, you know, what what is it you have for me? And just knew there was something there, had no idea what it was. And then finally, one day I said, God, you got to give me a clue. What am, what am I looking for? And how am I going to know what it is if I don't know what it is? Mm-hmm. He did give me a little little peek in the window. He said it would have something to do with ministry. It would have something to do with women and it would have to do with planning events. I'm like, okay, I can work with that. So mm-hmm. uh, went on a while longer, more time passed. And then one day I was just praying about, you know, when's the time right? What should I do? Should I, you know, stick it out here? Trying to figure it all out. And I got up from praying and went to check my e- email. And there was an email saying job opportunity. And I opened it up and it was for a uh, crisis pregnancy center that I had volunteered for for several years. And they were looking for somebody to plan events. Mm-hmm. And of course, this is a ministry for women. So it's like that fulfilled all three things that he told me. And I'm like, okay, God, is this, is this from you? Is this what, I, what you want for me? And so I went back and prayed some more and I threw out a fleece or two and um <laughs> All signs were go, and I just felt like it was time for me to leave my office job. And so I applied for that and got the job, and I thought, okay, here I am. Now I'm doing what God wants me to do. And so I helped plan events and um, helped raise funds for the ministry and helped support from the, the back end where I was, when I was volunteering, I was um, doing peer counseling with, with ladies. But anyway, I you know learned all these things, how to do fundraising and all that sort of thing. Well, then in the meantime, while this is going on at my church, I was feeling the need to bring women together. And our church had a simple church model. They didn't have a women's ministry and they weren't interested in that. That just wasn't what their goals were. My friends and I just had this strong desire to 
bring women together and the ladies wanted to be together. And I was just feeling a little frustrated and not knowing what to do with that. So I'm, I'm working on this job, learning how to do all these other things. And then I'm trying to, on the other flip side of it, I'm serving and trying to bring women together. I said to a friend of mine, I just don't understand. I, you know, I really want to bring women together, but my church just isn't interested. And this friend said, well, you don't have to do ministry within the church. Mm-hmm. And it was just a light bulb moment for me. Yes. <laughs> At that, it was like, oh, I never even thought of that. So then, you know, kind of thought about that and prayed about that for a while. Well, okay, maybe let's do something in the community or something. And you had no idea what that might be. Just kind of kept praying about it and continued doing what we were doing. Eventually, one day, it just, I just knew that I knew that I knew that it was time. And it was time to step out to begin something in, in the community. Went back to my friends that I was trying to kind of secretly doing a women's ministry at church with. And I went back to them and one at a time and said, I feel like God's telling me to do something in the community rather than try to get something started here at the church. So I just want to let you know that's what the direction I'm going to be going. And each one of the ladies said, I'm feeling the same thing. Wow. I'm in. So before you know it, we had a team of four of us and we just started trying to flesh this out and figuring out what it was. And we got the ministry rolling. And then after a couple of years of that, I had to quit my my job with the ministry, with Pregnancy Ministries, in order to have enough free time to do what needed to be done with our new ministry, uh, which was called The Connection. So that's how we got started. And as you look back, I can see how God was preparing me from way back, probably beyond what I, I even realized. But all those years I was waiting, waiting for a sign, he was preparing me and allowing me to get the skills that I needed to do my part of of the ministry. So let me pause there and just say to my listeners, this is really important because I know that a lot of you are younger, you're in your mama years, your family years, raising your kids, and you're frustrated because you want to serve God in some big way. You want to get going with the thing and you feel like what you're doing right now doesn't matter. But the truth is he's building you up now for what he has for you later. If he has ministry for you, you're going to have to learn some things first. And it's going to be in probably in the mundane, everyday, walking around life. And it's only later when you find out, oh my gosh, he took me to that job or that ministry or that volunteer job to train me up to get me ready for now. And it, it's a beauty. We're going to talk about growing older later, but it's one of the beauties of growing older is to be able to look back and s- trace the hand of God on yep. your life, right? And how he's brought you to this time. So nothing's wasted. God doesn't waste yep. any of it. The failures, the successes, the boring day-to-day stuff, he doesn't waste any of it. Yep, absolutely. And he yep. didn't waste it with you. No. And he said all those this things that I learned over the years layout and design. You know, we, we've used that to build the website. Uh, I, I built the first website that we had, not that, not the pretty one we have now, but the original one <laughs> and marketing materials and all that sort of thing. It's just, you know, every, every little thing. Yes. And since you're a nonprofit, you know, not having to pay a graphic designer to do all that mm-hmm. um, or to have to learn from scratch. Trust me. I know. <laughs> It's really an asset and your, and your materials are beautiful. They're just gorgeous. They look, I mean, they're professionally done. They look gorgeous. Well, most of them I, 
I don't do anymore. I, I can't take credit for the majority of what comes out now. It's really nice. It's but, really, really, yeah. really top notch. And it's very recognizable as you. It, it just looks like the ministry. Well, girlfriends, Christmas is only a few weeks away. Can you believe it? And I'm here to help. Have no fear. Laura's Christmas gift guide is here. Say goodbye to all the gift hunting stress. I've done a lot of the work for you already. Perfect for the women in your life, grandkids, ministry teams, hostess gifts, and stocking stuffers. And there's even a full page devoted just to you. You need some cozy things to keep you centered and calm and in the right frame of mind as you do all the things to make Christmas special for your family. I've got you covered, and I've also included some fun ways to keep Jesus in the center of it all. So go to my website, www.laura-acuna.com, click on the gift guide tab, and the free gift guide will immediately download onto your computer, and you can take a look. You can also check the link in the show notes. Unwrap Christmas joy and save your sanity with Laura's Christmas gift guide. Merry Christmas. Okay, let's turn our attention to the big thing that's going on right now. And that is the book. The book is called, again, Let's Get Together, The Story of a Unique Women's Ministry. It's a book that tells your loaves and fishes story about how this ministry began and what God has done over the years. How long has the connection been in business, been in ministry? Seven and a half years. So only seven and a half years. I just want everyone to put a pin in that. (laughs) (laughs) And where's the connection located? Our home place is Waynesboro, Pennsylvania. Yes. Um, But we do have online opportunities and we spread out all over. Well, you're in a rural, charming town. Mm -hmm. And you will hear more about that in a little bit. But, you know, you're not in New York City. You're not in Chicago. You're not in Washington, D.C. You're not in... You're not in the Bible Belt. You're not in Texas. You're in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, where Mm -hmm. I've been multiple times. It's a cute, sweet, vintage town, but not a place where you'd expect a ministry to blossom the way yours has. So let's get into it. Talk about why it began. You gave us a little bit of that already, and then how God has blessed and grown the connection to women. Okay. So let's see. How it began, well, I told you, told you a little bit about that. We got started there, um, just a few of us. Right away, we had a friend that we uh, had mentored us, and she kind of sat us down one day, and goodness, I'll never forget, we were, we were sitting on one of the other ladies' decks. We just had something very small in mind. You know, we're, we'll get together, we'll, we'll do a Bible study or something. We had no clue what this thing was going to look like, and we're sitting down with our, our mentor, Lori. She says, you're going to need to incorporate and it's going to cost you, I don't know, $750 or something like that. And it was like the world stood still. So, I mean, all the air was sucked out <laughs> where we were. I mean, just like we had no money. How are we ever going to come up with $750 and do this? And we had never even dreamed of incorporating or being a 501c3 or anything like that. We just pictured some little women's group meeting somewhere who knows where but Lori really encouraged us to dream big and so we just kind of took off from there once she spoke it we knew that's the way we were to go Lori said the very first thing you need to do is put together a prayer team yes to pray over the ministry and that's what we did we worked on a list of trusted prayer warriors friends that we had 
And uh, we told them a little bit about what we had going on, but we didn't tell them much. And we brought them all together. It took a month or two, I guess, to get all of our ducks in a row, got the prospective prayer team members together. By that time, we brought them together. Uh, we already had had the website built. We had business cards. We had pens. We had mugs. We put together a little packet of information and said, this is our vision. This is what we think our mission is. They could see by what we had done that we weren't just dreaming and saying, well, maybe someday. We were we were serious about this. And we just laid out our story and how we got to that point. We said, are you interested in being on our prayer team? And we were hoping maybe half or third would say yes. But every single one of them was very, very excited. And they all jumped on board right away and said, yes, they would love to be part of the prayer team. So we gave them each a mug, which is we have a cute little yellow mug with our logo on it and the web address, which is connectingwomenwithgod.com. We gave everybody one of those and said, take a selfie of yourself with your mug and post it on Facebook and put the hashtag mug love and connecting women with God on it. So they did that. And by the end of that week, I think we had 200 Facebook followers. Wow. We had set a date for an initial public meeting. That was a campfire at one of the ladies' homes. We didn't know people would show up to a personal home that they didn't even know, but they did. We had 30, 40 people show up that night. And uh, we laid out for them then what our dream was for the ministry. And everyone was just extremely excited. And it was just, it just kind of snowballed from there then. It's crazy. And then it wasn't long before we reached out to Laura and said, we're going to have a retreat. Would you come speak for us? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's how I met you. I spoke for your retreat. Yeah. And we've been buds ever since. It's been amazing. So what is the secret? I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about all the things you have going on. We don't have time to go over how all these things happen, but it's in the book and there'll be more books coming. We'll be talking about that too. But what is the secret? I mean, what do you think, what do you think the secret is that has grown this ministry the way it has over seven years? The secret is it was God's will. It was his plan. We didn't never tried to force anything. We waited and prayed a lot and just tried to let him guide every step and be in the middle of it. And he's just blessed it over and over again. We've had so many things, like you said, Laura, loaves and fishes, just, we had so many things just drop out of the sky. We'd have people call us at the time we were going through this, our church was going through a transition and they were kind of weeding out some things that they had in the building because of the transition. And we got a phone call. Would you happen to know anybody that would need folding tables and chairs? (laughs) <laughs> and we hadn't told anybody about the ministry. They just, this person just randomly called me and asked me if we needed anything. So we got folding tables and chairs. And then they were doing some more cleaning out. Well, we have this color laser printer and it's a huge thing. It does top quality printing. And it's like, we don't need this anymore. Do you, would you use that? Sure. And we just had one thing after another that just, that we needed, that they came sometimes before we knew we needed it. But it's it's just been amazing to see how God's just allowed everything to just fall into place. It is. I love all the stories of how a need was met by God and living. I mean, it's a nonprofit. So you're living on the the goodwill of others and and little bits you can make when you 
put on events and such, but you live in a community that cannot sustain high, high ticket prices, similar to where I live. And so you have to be sensitive. You want to minister to women, but you have to break even. You have to be responsible. So when I met you, you were dreaming, you and the team were dreaming about having an office space. And you were already doing all kinds of classes. I remember financial classes to help women in the community. I remember Bible studies. I remember topical studies. I remember prayer time where they could come. You would meet with them. Bonfires. I know baptisms have happened. And this thing has just grown and grown and grown. And I just want to say one other thing while I'm recalling, it's all coming back to me, everything I've seen happen over the years with your ministry is I spoke at your, your first, I guess, was it your first retreat? Yes. Okay. And I met women there who were really hurting and a few come to mind. And I mean, seriously bleeding, seriously hurting, fresh losses, deep, hard losses. And they barely made it through the weekend. You know, they were hanging on for life. And when I came back a few years later to speak to your ladies again at one of your retreats, they were almost unrecognizable. They were on their feet. They had the joy of the Lord again. And they were serving and they were joy. I, I just, I couldn't, I mean, why was, why would I be surprised? But I was <laughs> because the transformation, I didn't see the gradual transformation. I saw what had happened to them being connected to your ministry and being seen and loved and cared for and supported over a few years. And that's the difference that you're making in the lives of women. They're coming to know Jesus and they're getting well, they're getting well. And that is what I mean, that is what's so remarkable. We are talking about how it's grown and the numbers and writing a book and all these things, but the real news and the most important news of all is that lives are being changed in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania, and now in a much larger circle than you started with. So keep going. So the, I said baptisms and, and Bible studies and classes and fun stuff. You've done some just fun stuff to connect people. We'll talk in a minute about young women and widows all the different demographics you're trying to meet. You have an online presence, but I want you to talk about the office because when I heard that, I thought, I've never dared dream that. <laughs> and I know you were a little jealous, weren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I had tried ministry. for years. <laughs> I know, I did. I said that to her. I said, wait a minute. Donna and I have been, been doing ministry out of the trunk of our car for 20 years. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I had little little ministry envy going on, but Donna and I both were so excited to watch and track how God delivered this to you. So go ahead, share what happened. Okay, our very first meeting, while well, we I said was in somebody's yard, and then from there we we met in an armory. <laughs> I remember um, that. We had a friend of a friend who uh, owned an armory, and we were permitted to use the space there once a month. But it wasn't air conditioned and it wasn't heated, so that was kind of short-lived there, but they, they did their best to accommodate us and they were very, very gracious. And then we also, uh, we would meet at, say, uh, the Knights of Columbus. We'd rent that for a, an evening. We became members of the Chamber of Commerce because we could use their meeting rooms there. And so we just kind of moved around. So it was always when we promoted something, we had to always be very clear, where were we going to be this time? And there were some things that were at my home or somebody else's home, and we were just all over the place. But we had a dream from early on that we would have our own place. And um, we just kept praying over that. And we'd see something and think, well, wouldn't that be awesome to be there here? And we just kept kept an eye out. One of our ladies is a realtor. So she kind of kept an eye out for us. And 
we were just kind of thinking, well, it's, it's down the road. It kept saying it's down the road, it's down the road. Somehow word got out. And one day I got a phone call, an email, and I think a text from somebody that said, I have a rental property and I think it's what you're looking for. And so we went and checked it out. This dear lady had heard about us, didn't really know much about the connection, but the space that she had for rent that she picked up for us, and I'm probably going to cry here when we get to this part, uh-huh. but uh, it was a building that her parents had owned and her mother had had a beauty salon in there years ago and had been through a few transformations since then. But she said, I've always felt that my mother had this space. She made women beautiful on the outside. And she said, now I feel that God wants to use this space to make women beautiful on the inside. And she said, I think you're the ones to do it. And uh, at the time, we really didn't have the income to pay the rent. But we were just the next week having a fundraising event, which, Laura, you were going to speak for us there. Mm -hmm. And what we did when we kind of retooled things for the fundraiser and the talk there and said, well, the ladies, you know, we've got this dream, we've got this property, and it seems like a good fit. But in order to make it work, we need some financial commitment. And, you know, would you consider making a month, uh, monthly commitment? And the money just came in, and we had enough to, to cover the rent. So that was fall of 2019. And so we, we took possession of the property November the 1st, 2019. And we had some renovation and a lot of painting to do. We had a lot of work. And January of 2020, we opened our doors to this beautiful new space and everything was great till the world shut down. Right. <laughs> but God provided and we were, were still able to pay the bills. So that all worked out. We did things online as much as we could. And we, we survived that time. And, but uh, it's wonderful to have our space. We like to say that it's a safe haven for people to come into. Everyone says when they come in, how peaceful it feels, how relaxing. and um, that they can just feel God's presence in there. I would agree. I've toured it. I've been there and it's beautiful. I love what you've done with it. And again, it's it's open and you have office hours where people can come in for prayer and yep. you have a lending library mm-hmm. in there, right? Of, of yep. Christian books and yep. you have Bible studies there as well. Yep. Um, what a relief to not have to go from place to place to have a place to be. I love how God has provided so much for you. And we're only scratching the surface, girls, only scratching the surface. Well, friends, I'm going to pause my conversation with Mandy Hood right here. It was a lengthy conversation. I so enjoyed it. And after listening to it in recorded form, I really wanted to bring it to you in its entirety. And the best way to do that is over two parts. So this is part one, episode 24, part one of my conversation with Mandy. And then we'll have episode 25, part two. And I'm going to release them at the same time so you can listen to them seamlessly if you wish. I just didn't want to make you wait two weeks for another episode to be available. Now, normally I would offer a soul fitness, strengthening your core journaling exercise at the end of this episode, like I always do. But since this is in two parts, I've decided to wait until the end of part two to give you the journaling exercise. But I would like you just to think about two things. There's so much to be gleaned from this first part of our conversation, but two things. The first is Mandy is in her early 60s and the connection to women began just a little over seven years ago, which means that she was called to this very public ministry after her empty nest, after she'd been a grandmother for a while, when she was living quite comfortably. God called her out to this community 
to women in the Waynesboro community and outside the walls of the church. Amazing. And so I want you to remember that, that even when we feel at times that the best years are behind us, even when the enemy comes in with his lies, that it's all over and you're too old and you're too, too, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. And the question is, will we be obedient and say yes when God calls? That's the question. Or will we believe the lie that we must have heard God wrong because we're just too old and we got nothing left for him? We are to know him and to make him known. And that mission does not end at any given age. It ends when he calls us home. We need older women to stay in the game. We need older women to stay in the game. And the second thing I want to highlight is the ecumenical aspect of Mandy's ministry. Her team is made up of women from various denominations, and the women they serve come from everywhere. When they have a Bible study, when they have an event, when they serve women, they are serving women from Catholic to Pentecostal and everything in between. It's beautiful. And in this day and time, we can learn so much from each other. And it's so important for the church, capital C, church to be unified. And this is one way community ministries are uniquely placed to bring that unity about. It's so, so important. So I wanted you to think about those things before we head into part two of my conversation with Mandy Hood. Well, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for stopping by. And before you go, will you please hit the subscribe button? And if anything I've shared with you over these three seasons has helped you in any way, would you please leave me a five-star review? Both actions, subscribing and leaving an excellent review, help my message reach the women who need it most. Thank you in advance. Now, don't forget to check out the show notes. You'll find the way to order Mandy's book, Let's Get Together, the Story of a Unique Women's Ministry, along with the accompanying journal. And don't forget to check out the rest of the links where you can learn more about life coaching with me, about the still becoming small group coaching that's going to happen in January 2024, and everything else we've mentioned in this episode. I'll see you next time on the Still Becoming Podcast.